Well, it's been a strange, strange, strange week with some late, late, late drama to finish it off. Started with a poor performance at Wigan. Then we had the debacle of transfer deadline day and it's finished off with a bit of a fairy tale story with the new boy coming from Salford getting a late, late goal tonight at the Hawthorns. My name's Johnny Drury. This is the Baggies broadcast coming to you from the Hawthorns this evening. Um, a lot's gone on. Me and Lewis Cox, first time we've ever done a podcast. We're sitting next to each other, Lewis. Yeah. A little bit of a stranger dynamic. Yeah, tonight, I right? think so. Is it? Yeah. yeah. No, it was only ever my former no. life. Don't think so, no. No, no, no. Well, no. pleasure. But yeah, we're here we're in the, the studio with the Hawthorns. Very um, thanks to the, the kind hospitality lady who said we could come in here and use the room tonight. So we're going to bring you, um, it's, it's not a special based broadcast, but we wanted to bring it to you tonight because, as we all know, the, the talking points have been transfer deadline day. Everyone's wanted news all day. Um, we've got a, a little bit more information what's come on the back of Steve Bruce's press conference, which is what we were waiting for. Um, so that's why we're recording uh, this evening after the game. Um, so yeah, Bangs broadcast in association with in association with the Kettle and Toaster Man coming to you from the Hawthorns. But Lewis, I think planning this podcast, we were going to base it all around the transfer deadline day. But I think it's only right to start oh, yeah. and talk about the evening tonight against Burnley. There's only one place to start, and that's the new boy Brandon Thomas Asante coming from Salford this week. He was playing in League Two last Saturday. Uh, he's come in and he scored on his debut to get that last gas goal. What in what? You know, if Alfred had lost, it wouldn't have been a great atmosphere in the ground or outside, but they've got a point. Probably feels like three in the end of the day. And what a story Steve Bruce has called it. Uh, I think he said it's Anthony. He feels like he's won the lottery a little bit this week. But, <laughs> yeah. but um, he took his goal well. And what what a nice, what an end to the night. Well, yeah. I mean, deadline day disaster. What deadline day disaster? <laughs> no, not quite. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I almost felt like you couldn't have written it, which uh, ironically is what we, we then have to do. But um, no, what, what a story. Um, Johnny, to be fair, I just, when it went in, I almost couldn't believe it. And then I was just trying to digest the kind of magnitude of it. It wasn't uh, after once yeah. what's happened, which we will talk about, but it yeah, was yeah. just what was needed, I mean, really. The, the Albion fans were class um, through the whole evening, which the manager was quite keen to emphasise, wasn't he? And um, stuck with their team, really, uh, on you know what was a difficult night against a good side. By the way, in which, you know, in an evening Albion played well in, uh, probably, you know, well, the better team that, you know, managers, Vincent Companies admitted that um, Albion were the better team, better, better chances, really more chances, I'd say. Quite an open game, but yeah, least Albion deserved. Um, great moment. I mean, when, you know, it, it was into the eighth minute of, of eight added on for context for, for, um, for Thomas Asante's goal, having been on for about 20 minutes, I think, from the bench. Um, it, it didn't feel like it was. It, for me, it got to that stage. It was so long into it, it didn't feel like it was coming. You know, I'd, um, the reports were written. You know, disappointing defeat. Um, some of them over the years. Yeah, Not last minute rewrites. Yeah. I mean, it was it, it it was an incredible moment. I mean, for him, I can only imagine how it must have felt. But I think for every Alvin fan in here, seen the celebration videos, they were class. Um, what a moment for him. He just looked so elated. Like, yeah, as you say, won the lottery, that, that's great. And, and the celebration videos, um, they look great, don't they, on Sky? We've seen little clips and, and his interviews to, to WM. We've heard a, a magical and same to Sky. I look forward to sort of being able to, to hear and, and read those properly. Um, looks like a smashing kid. Look, you know, it looks like he's seizing the moment, soaking it all in. I mean, he, he couldn't have dreamt of that last night, could he? You know, and um, 
I don't think Albion fans were dreaming of that last night when they uh, finally sort of angered themselves to sleep after the way that the window finished. Um, a crazy day and night yesterday, wasn't it? And and today, really. And for it to finish like that, I mean, you know, another draw, obviously, and, and against the top side, you know, 1-1, one, one, same as Watford, it wasn't it? Another relegated Prem team. But yeah. the, the manner of that equaliser, that draw, felt like a win, didn't it? You know, um, the way it came. Yeah, I'm just delighted for the, the kid. Um, delighted for Steve Bruce. Delighted for the fans, really, because they've been through... I've you know, been through the ring a bit over the last 48 hours or so. Um, yeah, I suppose the only downside was um, having two on the whistle reports to write and having to rewrite both of them yeah. in the 98th minute, which is always a challenge. But yeah, I wouldn't mind. If I were going to you know, win or get a positive result every week, I'd take that. Take the rewrites. I'll take the hit. Yeah. Uh, it, it was quality. Definitely. Just briefly, we're going to hear from uh, a little clip now of uh, Brandon Thomas Santa who's talking after his, uh, his leg goal. Like, I remember in one of the interviews uh, before, like when I just signed, I think I said I wanted to score in that end in front of the fans, and I've done, done just that. So, um, glory to God, and yeah, I just want to keep on going now. Yeah, to be fair, I kind of, I was a bit off balance, so I was half thinking, am I even going to strike this? And I thought, you know what, it's a day for it, and I go for it. So, um, I'm really happy that I got on the score sheet, yeah. And there we go, that's what he, he sounded like. You can, you can sense the sort of elation in his voice. Lewis, you talked about irony there, and of. You know, West Brom, we said, yes, they needed a striker. You know, we heard a few names, didn't happen. A Santa, the striker did sign the day before, came off the bench and scored. It would have been quite ironic if Albin had lost to a goal from a former striker as well. Because yeah, Jay Rodriguez yeah, took yeah. the penalty away, didn't he? Yeah, that, that was another, another line, another strand of this sort of crazy evening slash couple of days, wasn't it? You know, like, were we, you know, when we were discussing the teams uh, earlier today, I can't remember if it was yourself, I said it to, or, or another colleague, um, just, you know, Jay Wright's going to score here, isn't he? And, you know, because that's what former players do, obviously. But, you know, a, a lad of his talent, you know, so well loved here, so well respected in the game, I think, Jay Rod. And, um, I mean, he showed his you know, quality in, in flashes and glimpses today, didn't he? And obviously buried that penalty on half hour past David Button. By the way, you know... Was it a penalty? Well, I'll be in conceded first again, you know, for seventh in, in ten this season, I think. But, yeah, laced with controversy, really, wasn't it? Um, offside, probably just. I wasn't, I wasn't sure live. We saw the replay. I, I still wasn't sure with the replay on the offside, really. But we only saw one sort of sketchy angle, didn't we? And you, did, did you seem to see... Play Boy, it got such on the ball. Just, just off? Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. Uh, it was off. What for the? That's I was like, ah, oh, no, I don't know. I was sort of measuring it with the lines of the pitch was cut, and I thought you could actually, I think it was you could actually sort of ledge it. Yeah, the, the, the pen, the foul, alleged foul. Um, bit vague, really, isn't it? Bit, bit of a grey one. I mean, you know, we can clearly see on the replays that Button gets a, you know, a fair touch of the ball with his foot. Um, but then, you know, so he gets that touch, ball sort of diverts away a bit, but then clearly wipes out Teller. Was it Nathan Teller? Um, he played very well. So I, you know, I'd, I'd have to swallow the referee's rule yeah. in the law book. What I would say, no. In my Twitter mentions, I saw fans sort of to and fro yeah. on the whole rule thing for the penalty. And, and I'm, I'm not sure I saw a conclusive, but, you know, yes, the keeper touched the, you know, touched the ball, got a touch of the ball, but, you know, Teller's still going round him to score. Yeah. So, you know, it's just... A, Surely still a foul. Well, I would say on the whole is that in the second half there was a, a half a shag from Burnley for a handball of Dara O'Shea. Yeah, yeah. It was a penalty. Yeah, so yeah. these these things do come around. Just before we forget, you know, uh, company and um, 
yeah, Vincent Company, very magnanimous, wasn't he? And very, you know, honest. To yeah, no comment. Albion with a better team. Um, and, you know, if Burnley hadn't nicked that win as well, as it looked like they had until the 98th minute, um, that they didn't really deserve it. And, and Albion would have been sort of cruelly denied. Yeah, just sort of talking about the game finally. It's not a moment where Albion's season maybe can turn because they've been playing well. But is that that was the perfect tonic after what has been a pretty drab week. Wigan was, you know, we were going to talk about Wigan on this podcast, but it seems irrelevant now because so much has happened in the last 48 hours, so much has happened in the last well, three hours. But it started so badly, you know, the transfer stuff, which we are we are just about to come on to. Um, and for that to finish, it just gives everyone a little bit of a boost, doesn't it? If Albion lose that game, then going into Coventry, I think it is next Saturday, it's, it was going to be a bit... A bit difficult and the atmosphere could get a bit well it was going to get a bit spicy after the game today if they lost but they've played well and they've got that and they've got that point with that late goal that's going to breed not just confidence to the the young boy the San, uh, Thomas Asante sorry but it's going to breed confidence to the team I think um, you know it's it would be very you know it, it would almost be unfair to say that uh, you know even off the back of this tonight that you know Brandon Thomas Asante is going to the, the saviour and rescuer of you know the catalyst of Albion. Maybe he's the hero of the Hawthorns. Yeah. No, of course he is, yeah. And, <laughs> and you know unbelievable impact that he could have dreamt about. But and and God, you know, please, you know, such would go on and score 20 goals a season. Amazing and go and be a focal point and you know in the eleven and fans favourite and all of this, please. But um that would be a massive, massive ask. You know, obviously coming from the fourth division. Um, with with respect to that level in Salford, um, you know level like levels I I know well and have worked and covered in. You know there are an instinctive finish though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said to Bruce after, didn't I, in, in the press conference that um, coach's goal right in there, um, scrappy one, but he doesn't care. I think didn't Jed Wallace say on Sky came off his shin? Yeah. Um, but yeah, but you know up until that point, it was. Same sort of same old, wasn't it really? You know, Alvin playing well, being the better side, being well in the game, but conceded the first goal, a poor goal. And yeah, made chances great, but weren't weren't taking them again. Um, you know, how many did you know Wallace, how didn't he score at least one or two tonight? Yeah. You know, Doris Pedder, you know, there were loads, weren't there? Probably some that escaped my mind. And um yeah, Wallace yeah. post Dara, yeah. Townsend, Barley's at the bar. Townsend, yeah, yeah. Wallace in the second half. Um, I said to a colleague at half time when it was obviously 1 0 one Burnley, you know, a colleague who sees Albion this season but not every game like ourselves, you know, said, How are they behind here? Like, how are they behind with these chances? And I just kind of said, Well, you know, this is it this season, like, this is what, what's happening, you know. And, and, and obviously, and, and Steve Bruce has said it to his. You know, blue in the face, or whatever, it needs to be rectified. You know, the chances yeah. need to be taken. And fair play to this 23 year old lad from Milton Keynes, um, obviously signed from Salford, but, but from MK Dons before that. Um, you know, he's grasped the absolute moment, hasn't he? And uh, let's hope he can continue to do that. It, it is, of course, as I say, going to be an absolutely huge, massive shout to build him up like that and for him to do that. Yeah. You know, I hope and wish he can, but. I think we'll get onto this, won't we? But would it be a surprise to see a striker coming through the door from a free agent market? No, not at all. Um, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I think if they can make it happen with the right striker, you know, they will. So, I mean, watch this space on that and we'll get into it. But, you know, 
hopefully, wouldn't it be nice, you know, to by the time Daryl DK comes back to fitness in whatever it is, a month or you know, five weeks, whatever, um, that you know, maybe there is another new yeah. new boy in from from the free agent market to to go with Brandon and uh, yeah, that could change things. But you're right, your point on the momentum of that season from that goal, yeah, I've just seen a tweet from Jed Wallace actually while I've been speaking. Um, we never gave up, neither did our support. I hope that's a big moment in our season. You know, a picture of the goal celebrations, and it, it does feel like it could be a big moment, like a big, a big catalyst um, to kickstart what what the club and team needs wins because you know it felt like a win today, but it was still a draw. So you know, only those wins are going to get them higher than thirteenth in the table where they they currently are. Before obviously tomorrow, you know, Saturday's fixture. Yeah. Um, now we're going to talk about what we sort of why the reason why we delayed this podcast today and why we're doing it into the yeah. almost into the early hours of the morning. Um, the transfer window, Albion start. Al, let's just go back. Albion's transfer window started really well. Swift, Wallace, Malumbi, Yakushli then came in. All went quiet till yesterday. Albion did have a, obviously had a sniff at Liam Delap a couple of weeks ago, which didn't come off. Went into yesterday. We're probably expecting a striker at centre half. Got the centre half. Nothing came of the striker, which we believe they were more focused on. Two other targets which came out, Jock Ronema and um, Stephen Alzat. That's how you pronounce my Apologies, Baggies fans, as it's been recorded remotely and we haven't recorded it like this before. We've had a few technical issues. Uh, but this is the part of the podcast where we'll hear a little bit of what Steve Bruce said in his post-match press conference about yesterday's saga. Made some big calls and let some players leave. Obviously, when players leave, you want the replacements. And we're devastated and disappointed and angry and frustrated at what happened yesterday. I'm not going to go into details of it because I don't think that would be right, but it's angered everybody because uh, we thought we had two very, very good players walking through the door who've both played in the Premier League and played very, very well. There have been, they would have been terrific acquisitions and for them in particular I'm disappointed for them that we couldn't we couldn't get it over the line Steve just on last night um, all your time in football in May transfer windows deadlines can things still surprise you just you know how it can go to those final minutes and seconds and what can happen yeah I've never known anything like that though not in the 25 years I've been going so uh as I said, it disappointed everybody concerned, but um, frustrated, angry. The whole thing came out for everybody. Baggies about apologies. Oh, sorry. Oh, we're having a couple of malfunctions here. Wait, I can't. I can't speak properly, <laughs> and the computer's not working. Apologies, baggies fans. We were talking about Josh Oliver and Steve Alzati then when the uh, connection dropped out. So we've moved positions at the Hawthorns. Um, but what we were talking about was basically them two deals looked like they were going to get over the line. Then they didn't happen. Uh, then Twitter went into a meltdown. Baggies fans went into a meltdown. Um, and everyone was in a, a bit of limbo, not knowing what was really going on. We were told at 11.30, like you said, Lewis, that uh, that's your lot for the for the evening. Uh, we had appeals, you know, people hold up in hotels, all this sort of stuff. Make but a drama out of this. I know, yeah. Someone did say that it'd make a really good Amazon all or nothing documentary. Like I, imagine it, I, imagine, yeah, I imagine it. Yeah, I imagine it yeah. Yeah, just one episode on deadline day. But when, when, how did it play out for you, Lewis? When did it, when did the realization set in? Yeah, you know, were you starting to get to be honest, sort of not caught well, caught well, it's not the right word, but were you starting to get inklings before the the deadline? Being on, you know, obviously with the paper, 
head on, you know, as as a as a reporter, you know, first and foremost with with editors and sub editors, very worried about a, you know, ten forty phone calls going back into absolute latest print deadline. You know, you, you kind of you're fighting a few battles really. You, you know that that's just how it is with print deadlines, obviously, and you know with the window being at eleven, that's unfortunate. But uh, even when I have to admit, even when it got to quarter two, ten to five to eleven, you know, obviously we'd had the Josh Onama story throughout the day, and um, I thought it was getting done. You know, I was I was as to be honest as confident as I could have been on that really. So in my head, even when it ticked past eleven, like kind of thought, well, we're getting one, you know, um, which, all right, you know, two or three would have been nice, but one, you know, he was quite encouraged by his profile as a player, what he's about, you know, Bruce at least got one of his targets in. Um, I was a bit perplexed at why it had passed 11 and he hadn't been, you know, announced, confirmed, given we'd heard the medical was hours ago and, you know, deal agreed, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, and <laughs> And then, as we say, the word comes through, official word comes through at half 11, and it's like, well, nothing's come off. Obviously, by that point, we'd heard about Stephen Alzate through reports and verified that, and they were working hard on that. And he was undergoing his medical and envisaged no problems there. And for the, for the, um, for them to break down like that, both the both of them so late when they, you know, they thought they would be getting done, um, see paperwork issues late on, you know, you just, I mean, it's, it's, it's gut-wrenching, really, isn't it, for, for everyone involved. I mean, but for us as, you know, people... Oh, likes to go on. going off on a What else could go wrong? It's a good job this isn't a video. For, um, you know, us as people covering it, you know, for, for fans more than anyone else, obviously, for, for the people involved at the club, you know, for the manager, you know, obviously recruitment people, it's it, it must have been gut-wrenching because, you know... Bruce has made the point tonight and, you know, I've said it over the last 24 hours, really. Um, those two players, Onoma and Alzati, would have made quite the difference, I think. And that, you know, it's it's like those old, like, classic 80s and 90s game shows. Here's what you could have won, isn't it? You know. Bullseye. Well, yeah. And, Bullseye. And, yeah. Like, you know, here's, here's what you could have won. Show. Speedboat or yeah. Josh Onoma. <laughs> you know, um yeah, so so frustrating. I mean, it's it's you know, <laughs> it's almost better for the club and everyone involved if those names weren't out there and sort of no one knows that it was happening. And then and that's an interesting failed. point that we've heard tonight because going into the day, I don't think fans really expected midfielders to be coming in. We no, were talking about a centre half because yeah. of the injury to Shemi Ajayi. We're talking Certainly. about if they didn't come out and it still broke down and no one knew, then there wouldn't have been this sort of meltdown and, and, and anger. We're quite rightly angry supporters, but this it wouldn't probably exist. We probably wouldn't be recording this podcast in the early hours of the morning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Going even, I mean, we hadn't had sort of any official word, word throughout the long deadline day shift, really, that, you know, a striker actually wasn't sort of on the radar and happening, which, you know, caught us all out the following day when, you know, when we, um, you know, when when we, you know, dug a bit more and learned a bit more about the process and, you know, we were told that actually that, that wasn't the case. Look, we, we know there were sort of striker and inverted commas links, you know, Theo Walcott was, was muted, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. That was yeah. um, an interesting one and 
quickly. There, I mean, there, on that one there. Yeah, to be honest, from, from what I understand, there was um, there was actually you know a conversation or you know a loose interest or at least a you know an inquiry you know a, a loose inquiry or whatever. Um, and the boy from Hertha Blim was it who scored in, in pre-season. Selka, yeah. um, so yeah, strikers forwards mentioned, but you know as I say, we were told actually that that wasn't really on the radar. That wasn't a priority. Um, yeah, and 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 the reasons we were sort of given were that um, the manager decided that with Brandon Thomas Asante coming in the day before, what was it, Wednesday, yeah, um, the day before for that 300k deal from Salford, actually, you know, they decided on he was the one, he was the priority. Yes, young, big ask him to come in, but a, a prospect for the, for the future going forward and there'd be more value in doing that with him now. I mean, proven right tonight, weren't they, by yeah. the way? Uh, more more value in that than you know an expensive strike alone wage wise or yeah. loan fee wise or or you know strike you know expensive striker free agent and they decided on Thomas Asante um, and despite yeah not not really despite but obviously we've spent the last three or four weeks haven't we since since Daryl DK's um, injury you know being told by the the manager that he's you know on the lookout for this centre forward number nine we didn't really think it. You know, Thomas Asante was that one because that's a big asset yeah. point from Salford City. But it was decided he he was going to be, you know, he is that one. He he was the one they're going to hang their hats on. And actually, you know, when deadline day came, um, you know, it, it was the midfield chase, which uh, and and the defender chase to be fair, because you know we obviously need to talk about Martin Kelly, yeah. um, who was the I was going to say the first deadline day arrival, but the only deadline day arrival. Um, yeah. Uh, but but obviously the the midfielders were the priority that you know two and the two that Bruce identified and um, I mean they should have been done shouldn't they let's be honest you know we've we've um, obviously written a piece today on you know opinion piece on that and they should have got done but they didn't and you know they were close to be getting done but they 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 weren't done and um, to everyone's frustration and and anger and not least Steve Bruce as he's confirmed tonight hasn't he he's he's quite open and honest about his emotions on it wasn't he and. You can only imagine, you know, you can only imagine what was going on uh, when when all that was was happening. And on just on to that, and what we, you know, this will cover probably we've got seventy five questions tonight. This will cover probably about seventy of them. Um, <laughs> the reason we're doing this podcast is we wanted to we, we we left it late. We wanted to hear from Steve Bruce. Wanted to hear as much information as possible about what happened because it wasn't it, from the outside. It was an absolute shambles um, that these deals fell through. At a late stage, as you've just heard there from Steve Bruce in his clip and his post-match interview, his anger, disappointed, frustrated. Um, but basically, on paper, his squad coming out of deadline day is smaller than it was going in, and these deals are falling through. Lewis, we heard that first day that it was a paperwork issue, that the paperwork wasn't submitted in time. Then we heard that it might be an appeal. Um, we now know that's not going to be the case. I think before the game today, there was a statement from. One of the agencies, I think it was Josh Onema's agent, yeah. who basically told Sky Sports that it was West Brom's fault. Um, Steve Bruce has said in his interview with BBC WM tonight that we need to learn learn lessons, learn lessons which probably indicates that the the issue was was, was at West Brom's end. Um, I don't think we'll ever hear the full story. Yeah, yeah, probably not. I mean, um, obviously, you know, all, all sorts of accounts and you know, rumours, you know, true or false, and accounts flying around uh, of the the unfoldings I mean I've heard several um, I believe some I don't believe others um, obviously you know you know in opposition we have to be you know sort of careful of, of what we say um, but 
you know, I think Bruce, what, what Bruce has both said tonight and not said, you know, sort of spell, you know. What he hasn't said speaks probably volumes. more than what he had. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, he, he added, didn't he, that, you know, he, he was asked specifically, you know, in his words, what happened type thing, you know, sort of from the horse, you know, to get it from the horse's mouth and, it, you know, mouth. And he didn't want to, to commit to that. Unsurprisingly, really, because, you know, if there was fault anywhere at the club, you know, not not saying that definitely, you know, the manager's not going to, you know, come and, you know, throw whoever under the under the bus, is he? You know, um, yeah, the club and everyone has probably suffered enough in the last twenty four hours in that regard. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was all quite a spectacular in 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 not a good way. Want to watch and experience unfold, really. I think the fans. Um, the fans can be quite rightly frustrated, as we said. You know, Bruce said that we will learn lessons, so it indicates that the, maybe the issues were at Albion's end. But aside from that, the fact that it's come down to these late deals, Albion have been bargaining or, or you know, brought in these, have been waiting for the sort of Premier League loans when we know this money is outstanding from Gouch and Lai. You know, there was a lot of um, chance towards yeah. Gouch and Lai this evening, right from the, the first whistle at the Hawthorns. Um, and that is probably, you know, yeah, all right, yesterday was frustrating. Um, shambolic from the outside, you know, created anger amongst the fan base. But the overriding thing, if you look at the top of the hierarchy, if Albion had that money that Lai has taken out of the club and said he's going to put back in in, in January, um, which we hope comes back in for the January window, if that money was there now, probably Albion wouldn't have been scrambling yeah. at the death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is a bigger issue in itself, I suppose. Yeah, yeah I kind of... You know, tried to suggest that today with what I wrote on, you know, obviously in the paper and online. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, the you know the owner wasn't uh, he wasn't in the training ground in the recruitment offices when that was happening. You know, on deadline night was he? So, you know, he wasn't making the calls and you know signing and filling the paperwork and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, so he's not directly you know. It wasn't that. his fault that Anima and Alzate didn't sign, is what I'm trying to say. Um, but, you know, I think what's what's fair to say is, as you, as you suggested, if that money's not taken out, if that money's there and, you know, there to be used some of, um, I don't I don't think Albin's squad looks like it, like, like it does going into the final day of the window, you know, or even final week. I think yeah. they have far better numbers, you know, a, an actual, you know, full squad, an actual squad to work with you know, cover depth, more quality, um, you know, each manager almost wants two for every position, don't they? And, yeah. you know, yeah, Bruce has spoke about gambling with a small squad, but, you know, he, he's almost been forced to, to have to do that, I think, because of the finance situation. We know that. He said all summer there's no cloud to, to work with, so they've had to be creative. And when we went to the pre-Burnley press conference on the, um, on the morning of, of a very long deadline day, um, you know, he, he he couldn't really have seemed more confident in the deals getting done. Uh, he did say you are kind of at, at liberty to to those parent clubs, to those you know clubs yeah. getting their ducks in line and sorting out their their situation. You know, what was it? Um, Dan James at Fulham and Gilmore, you know, Gilmore Bryan, and yeah. you know, clearly those clubs' priorities are their own new recruits. But you know, you know um, there was still. Yeah, there was still. I think the manager was still, you know, uber confident really of of them getting over the line. So, 
it's it's also a link to as, as we were saying I'm gonna wrap it up um that's that's as far as we'll know yeah, that's well, as far as we're gonna know and as you, as the you situation. Say, it's all linked um yeah, of course if, if the ownership thing wasn't there then obviously the deadline wouldn't have played out as it was yeah. but doesn't doesn't um minimize any frustration does it no no absolutely what we're gonna do in the last five minutes we're gonna go through some of your questions which most of them have been answered um from what we've just um what we've just said one thing i will say as well we were talking about some of the sort of things that fans were coming up with we heard a lot yesterday where um or this morning sorry where people saying you know was this pre-planned um we know that that lies obviously you know put money into other businesses which he's planning to pay back um i think that's very far of the mark these deals were going to get done but obviously something has, has gone wrong and gone awry um right at the very end lewis we've, we've had a question saying uh how would you rate alvin's transfer window I've had to think about it. I'm probably going to go with it. Despite oh, yesterday, yeah. yeah, despite yesterday, I'm probably going to go with a seven, just because the early deals that were done. If you told me deadline, so, yeah. they'd probably say like minus one. But <laughs> uh, seven was the first number that jumped into my head. Yeah. I have to say, I don't want to copy you, but um, yeah, I don't. It's not as good as an eight, is it? Um, it, it, it would have been, I think, with those two. Um, six. Oh, I don't know. There's some real quality through the door, isn't there? And, and that. You know, we need to remember that just because they, they came in right at the start. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Robinson's exit was was a bit not not weird, but obviously with, with no one coming in in that department. To, yeah, we've got seven. Yeah, two sevens. Seven and a half, just to be different. Yeah. Um, other questions, just unrelated. Well, not unrelated to yesterday. Um, Quervin Castro came back from Burton Albion. The fans asked here what... Any news of what's happened with Castro at Burton Albion? I'm sure that's something that's down the pecking order tonight because uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> so it's something we probably will find. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We no, we will look to ask about that. I mean, from what I know, um, you know, Burton haven't started League One well, have they at all? Um, and I don't think Castro has played much football, has he? Um, but I read it was, you know, I, I believe it was a mutual thing, wasn't it? It wasn't a recall, obviously, and I'm, I, I don't think Burton, you know, would have necessarily made the first move to send him back, although. Perhaps they did, but you know, clearly, club, you know, right at the bottom of League One, you know, hadn't I don't, I don't know if they've won yet. I don't think they have. Uh, pardon me if they have, but you know, he he wasn't in, you know, he was clearly wasn't involved, clearly wasn't up to what they wanted. So you know, if, if he was going to come here and you know, be in the twenty twenty threes, twenty ones, and that's probably best for all involved, yeah. isn't it? So probably going to ask two more. Someone said here, why free up Mouth's wages and sell CR seven to do absolutely nothing in the market? Uh, yeah, it's a valid point. Obviously, they were planning yeah. to do something, but. On a positive note, Albion are hopefully going to have that money coming in in January. There's Mowat's wages there now. There's Callum Robinson's wages there now. I'm sure they haven't all been taken up by signing Thomas Asante and Kelly. No, no, we well, so that might give Albion a little bit of clout. Yeah, I January. mean, just just a quick one. We understand, you know, finance to be there for the for the free agent market, which you know, um, a, yeah. a lot of people want to ask about. I'm sure I've had a lot of tweets on it tonight. You know, we you know we we gather and we know that Albion are looking at that now and you know want to delve into that and see what's out there. They've probably already started. You know, like all the fans have and we have um so yeah one you know that that'll be you know ongoing as we speak i suppose and uh again this, the transfer window shut but uh the signings will still continue yeah just one finally um if we had signed wallace swift and newcastle later in the window do you think the fan base would have been happier interesting question because they would unwrite right the very start yeah that's a very swift and wallace um i think I'm right in saying, aren't I, that if you include Malumbi or, or not, you know, I think with Malumbi there's six signings without five. You know, I know he was obviously an existing loan player. Um, yeah, clearly, yeah. You know, if those three would have came in late, fans would have been absolutely thrilled, delighted, buzzing. But then we'd have also had how many months, you know, May, June, July, August, you know, with, with 
almost nothingness, wouldn't we? So you can only imagine the ire and frustration and anger that would have built up over that time. So you can't sort of have it, well, you, you can have it both ways, but in in this example, you can't really, can you? Because I, I think supporters would have been, would have been rightly, you know, fuming um, if those months would have passed without anything happening. Because, you know, clearly on the back of last season, Albion had big areas to address, didn't they? And, and that was creativity, chances, goals, um, you know, far too many nil-nils, not scoring enough. And, you know, on, on the early signs of this season, you know, and you look at chances in games, you know, I, I'm not a massive fan of expected goal stats, but they're good, aren't they? You know, the, the amount of... I know you're not starting at this time in the morning. Jesus the, Christ. The amount of chances created, you know, the creativity has, has improved tenfold. And, yeah, they look to have sorted that department. So they did that early. Well done. Shame it couldn't, couldn't have been, you know, finished off right. But uh, there we are. Um, and, yeah, we'll see what comes next, I guess. Albion fans, the questions we haven't answered, we will answer next week. It'll be a much longer podcast. We haven't got a midweek game next week, so it'll be a full, normal podcast. Um, things have sort of been, the week's been recovered a little bit here tonight with Thomas Asante getting that late goal, but it's been frustrating, shambolic at times, left fans angry. Um, it was on, it was on, well, it was on, it was on, it was on. Then things were off and it just, yeah, wasn't, it hasn't been a, wasn't a great 24 hours up until about three, four hours ago and then Albion managed to get that late goal. But we'll be talking about all, well, we'll be reflecting on some of it again next week um, and we'll be looking ahead to the Coventry game. So thank you very much for listening to the Baggies broadcast. Um, sorry, it's not as long as it usually is, but it will be a bumper edition next week. So get your questions in and we'll, the quiz will be back next week as well. So we'll have something else to sink our teeth into. We had a bit too much to talk about tonight. So um, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.